0: Good morning everyone. It's always a blessing to see you in church on Sunday and also for those praying with us online. We greet you as well and uh, we know that we are a community of faith praying together wherever we are. Rise up. That's the call or the cry that has been heard over the centuries in every single country everywhere around the world for revolutions, rise up to revolt, or rise up to protest injustices, rise up to protest inequalities, or to rise up to protest any other causes that may come to mind. There are also rise up moments in our personal life. We sometimes realize that we're going in the wrong direction, we need some change, so we tell ourselves we need to rise up change our path and go in a new direction. We might think about it for a while and realize some things are very easy to change. Some things, as long as you put your mind to it, you can change them within a minute. I know people who have been smoking for 20 years or longer, they got up one day and said, you know what, I don't want to smoke anymore, and they put it aside. However, other times it's a little more challenging than that. People have addictions and habits that they've built up over a very long time that they continue to struggle. They try to rise up and before they even rise up they fall down again. Rising up and deciding to rise up or protesting is never enough. Very often, as you know from history, those who studied various revolutions or movements or political movements throughout history, we know that very often protests don't lead anywhere rather than to more anger. Revolutions only replace unfortunately too often. One set of politicians for another that is equally if not worse than the previous politicians or set of guidelines or rules. There isn't always, unfortunately, a very clear connection between rising up, staying up and some sort of sustainable improvement in people's life. Revolutions and revolutionaries don't always reach their goal because very often they only want to destroy the old order and don't have a particular plan forward or a particular plan to sustain their ideas. And unfortunately this is the case with our own personal life. Whatever thing that you may have wanted to change in your life, you realize that sometimes you can and sometimes you can't and when you have been successful it's because you've had a very real plan to move forward and to sustain your personal ideals and uh, and desires. Today's gospel, Jesus also uses the word rise up. And this word rise is the same Greek word when you are talking to somebody to get up off the floor to heal or the resurrection. Anastasis. If you see the icon of the resurrection, it says Anastasis. Get up. Rise up. Wake up. So Jesus tells us that he has risen up But he also looks at his disciples, his followers, and he tells them to rise up. When you read the Bible, it's very important to break up the parts and to reflect on each verse and what each verse means and the application of this verse. And that's what I would like to do with you today. Going through every verse in this gospel and showing how the rise up moment that Jesus proclaimed became sustainable. He not only told the man to rise up and then he went back and got sick after his word and power to the paralytic rose him up and then led him to new heights. Let's look at each verse each verse by verse in today's gospel. Verse 5 One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Why would you think those details are important? First of all it was a very long time and secondly the man's illness was public and well known it wasn't like a headache that he had that one day he had it and one day he didn't or a sore foot or a sore back where sometimes he didn't walk straight and sometimes he didn't this was something that this man had suffered for 38 years and not only in private in a public place he had tried to be healed several times over and over again But all those healers of the world, everyone who passed by, imagine, 38 years, not one person could heal him. So, this verse reminds us that this sickness that this man had had, was something that was repeated, public, provable, and afflicted him for a very long time throughout his whole life. What does Jesus do? When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? We may read this gospel and think that's kind of obvious. If somebody is sick, why would Jesus even ask him that question? The reason Jesus asks him that question is the same reason we pray, because Jesus wants to enter into a dialogue with us. He doesn't all just want uh, he doesn't want to heal all everything in our life and make all our life perfect without us recognizing that we have faults in our life, that we have sicknesses, that we have infirmities, that we have sicknesses of both body and soul. And until we present these to God, then we might remain in them or not appreciate that the healing comes from Christ himself. Jesus in this passage also reminds us that Jesus sees us. Jesus is not limited to to space or time. So Jesus not only sees us physically, he also sees us spiritually and wants to engage us in this conversation. Verse 7, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to to put me into the pool when the water is troubled, and while I am going, another steps down before me. What I love about the Bible is that every single one of these verses is so rich and so deep. Number one, Jesus wants us to reply. He asks him, what do you want? He tells him what he, what he wants. But secondly, this verse powerfully shows us that what Jesus did to the man, no one else could have done and no one else was able to do. And thirdly, it shows us the selfishness of the people around him. Whenever the man approached healing, people pushed him out of the way in order to get their own healing. Jesus wants to hear our reply. Jesus sees us, he hears us, he's, he recognizes what we have, but he wants us to place those joys and the infirmities of our life before him. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your pallet and walk. Jesus, in this verse, acts Jesus' response to our needs. He doesn't just enter a conversation for the sake of a conversation. He actually replies. And this very short verse shows us that Jesus publicly shows his mercy and his concern. Not only in private, he wants his gifts to be shared with everyone around him. And then the next verse, at once the man was healed and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. This verse contrasts what we read before that this man was sick for 38 years. contrasts the minute with the long period of time, 38 years as opposed to one minute. Instantly, this man was healed. And this goes on to highlight Jesus' ability to instantly Heal us when we enter into that dialogue with Him. Shows us Jesus' power. That is unlike any other power that we search for. Sometimes, you know, I like to watch uh, some YouTube clips once once in a while, but it's incredible how many clips there are on personal improvement, on how to make your life better, etc., etc. There may be a lot of pills, there may be creams, there may be advice, there may be all sorts of things to make your life better. But Jesus is the one who has the power to make our life better that is permanent. Put some nice cream on your, on your hand, maybe from the Dead Sea. You buy a little package for $17.99. It looks good for 10 minutes, but then you have to wash your hands. It goes away. Jesus shows his power that is permanent. And then we see in this wonderful gospel That whenever we try to do something good in our life, in the life of our family, and perhaps even the life of society, we often see objections. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. Objections, unfortunately, lead to fear. But he answered them, the man who healed me said to me, take up your pallet and walk. And the conversation goes forward. To briefly cover these two verses and the ones after it, whenever we feel objections to the good that we want to do, we need to, pursue our, we need to pursue our goals. If We want to live a life of holiness, we want to live a life of close to God, and we have to commit ourselves to coming to church. We have to commit ourselves to reading the Bible on a regular basis. We have to commit ourselves to quiet times with God. But then somebody will call us and say, you know what, I am going to go hiking on Sunday morning and this is the only time that I'm free. Please join us. I know you like to do that. The answer is, have a good day. I'll meet you in the afternoon. Or you're sitting down to pray and then you realize that a show that you like is on. Or there's some, some event that you want to go to. There are objections that surround us. You know what, turn off your phones. Don't put them on silent, turn them off. Spend time with God. Give God priority. And don't listen to any of the objections around us, either the objections that you put in your heart and in your own sometimes very complicated surrounding. And realize that no fear, no objection should be placed in the way of us growing in our faith and responding to this rise-up call by Jesus. And finally, and this is perhaps the most important part of this entire gospel. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Why are these two verses so important? For a very simple reason, that revolutions fail and that Jesus is successful. Because when people revolt, they revolt for one thing, and then they end up doing something else, and then they're back at step one. Jesus wants each and every one of us to rise up from our sin, from rise up from our anger, rise up from anything that is holding us down, and he wants us to stay in that new state with him. And he also reminds the man that very often all of us focus on physical appearances, physical health, Physical blessings, physical, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, physical height, physical shape, physical whatever. But God said, All that is going. You can be the best looking person, have the nicest hair, be the most successful person in the world. Within a stop of a moment, all that will be gone. Be careful, he says to him, that nothing worse befall you. Very often, Jesus says this Go and sin no more after he heals someone. This is the call that this wonderful gospel proclaims to us and that's why at the end the man went away and told others we share the love of Christ with our life because Christ has a plan Christ has a purpose Christ has a power and Christ's commitment to us is enduring just like our pain our sicknesses the infirmities of this man had endured for 38 years until he started that conversation with Christ. Today in meditating on this gospel especially during this time after Easter where all the Gospels remind us of the resurrection and different elements of the resurrection. The previous weeks remind us of the confirmation of the resurrection that many people faced and saw but today we are reminded to rise up in our personal life, rise up for someone, someone's cause around us and rise up for something that leads us to be better people, that leads us to make sure that the joy of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection is enduring in our day-to-day life.